This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book, Third edition out now everywhere, hardcover, ebook, audiobook, however you like to consume books, you can find that where you find books. Today, I don't have a guest, and uh, I'm going to actually do something that I've only done once before, and I'm going to read to you. Uh, the only other time I did this, I read the first chapter of my book. Um, I'm going to read to you the uh, my article in Variety that was just posted. And uh, it it got spread around quite a quite a lot, and I figured I was going to just talk about it. But I'm going to do both. I'm going to talk about it in kind of my own words, and then and then I might as well read to you what I wrote. But before we get into that, um, I wanted to just give you kind of an update on uh, since the last episode, the episode on um, merch fees. Well, I think it's called Nashville. Music Venue Defends Merch Fees. Uh, That clip went viral, uh, crazy viral on both Instagram and TikTok. Last I checked, I think we were around, I don't know, seven or 800,000 views. Uh, We had some feedback uh, and some input from Jewel and Leanne Rimes and Joe Bonamassa and Bill Burr. Um, So yeah, people are taking notice and you can kind of join in the conversation on Instagram or TikTok. Um, And uh, I'd love to hear your two cents on it too. Still have yet to hear from the Brooklyn Bowl if they're going to change their policy. Uh, This is of course the interview I gave with uh, Sarah from the general manager of the Brooklyn Bowl, Nashville. Um, that's the whole reason why I do this is to advocate for artists and to make change in, uh, the new music business for artists. So hopefully they will do away with their merch fees. Uh, they got a lot of pushback and, um, we'll, we'll see, but, you know, feel free to add to the conversation. Uh, but before we uh, get into the variety piece, uh, please just, just hit pause on this and, and uh, subscribe to the podcast. However, you're listening to this hit pause, um, and give us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple podcast follow subscribe however you're doing that hit a thumbs up on youtube if you're listening on youtube all that good stuff and uh, visit ariestake.com get on the email list that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information we ping you every time there's a new podcast episode and other interesting important stuff on the new music business all right before i get into the piece in variety i just want to lay the scene a little bit because there's a lot of insider baseball there's a lot of uh, allusions i make here uh kind of references to things that uh if you've been following this closely you will you theoretically would know uh i was limited by characters here but and um i i want to just kind of uh, get us all up to date so whether you 
uh, have been reading every single article on Spotify's payment uh, system and, and actually what has been happening in the streaming landscape on payment for over the last few months, or you're just coming to do this totally fresh and really are unfamiliar with how all this works, that's cool. Let's just all get on the same page. So basically, um, since the beginning of streaming, since streaming launched in uh, the States in uh, 2011, I believe, uh, I should say Spotify launched in, in the States in 2011, Apple Music came a few years after that, and the other streaming services followed, um, the payment model has been what's called a pro rata payment model. And, and what pro rata is, um, is it's basically stream share. So uh, every it's, it, that's why there's no payment per stream. I know everyone's like, well, Spotify pays, you know, less than a half a penny per stream. And, and everyone tries to, you know, you've seen the charts out there that are like, you know, well, Tidal pays a penny per stream and Apple Music pays it. That's, none of that's accurate because it's all just aggregate averages on uh, what, um, what, the price, kind of what artists are seeing or labels are seeing or distributors are seeing uh, averaged amongst all the streams. So there is no price per stream. Let's just be very clear about that. That's not how payment works on streaming. How payment works on streaming is what's called a pro rata payment model. And basically um, how it works is streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, they all kind of work like this, is they're all paying out about 70%. Well, at least Spotify and Apple, we know are paying out 70% of their revenue. I'm not actually sure of the other streaming services, but they take in a certain amount of money from subscribe uh, subscriptions rather and ad revenue. And then they pay out about 70% of that revenue. Now, how it gets sliced up amongst everyone, that is the point of conversation that brings us to today. But let's just cover the uh, how it gets sliced up and what this pro rata payment model actually is. So it's all based on stream share. So uh, the number of streams that you got, you're gonna get paid for the number of streams you got uh, against every other stream on the platform. So if you got 1%, which is, not true. I mean, maybe Taylor Swift gets 1% of all the streams or whatever, but let's say you got 1% of all the streams on the platform. We're just going to do easy math here. And Spotify took in $100 this month in total revenue. You would get $1 um, of no matter how many streams you got. It's just if you got 1% of the total streams and then you get 1% of the total money. Okay. Pretty simple, right? That's how pro, that's a pro rata model. Now, I don't agree with this model as you hear in a little bit. I don't think it's very fair uh, because people's um, subscription money is going to artists and songs that they've never listened to because all our money goes into this big black box and then it gets divvied up amongst all the streams based on the stream share, the percentage. That is pro rata model. Now, the issue uh, and what's been happening is there's a lot of fraud on um on these platforms, uh, namely Spotify. And if you listen to my interview on this show with uh, the founders of BeatDap, uh, they are a third-party company that discusses and, um, th th well, not discuss, they actually, they are hired by streaming services and labels to uh, detect 
streaming fraud, fraudulent streaming, artificial streaming, because there's a lot of people, a lot of players, a lot of companies out there that are using, that are that have gotten really good at gaming the system. You know, they'll distribute hundreds or thousands of songs. They'll use a DIY dis distribution service, you know, pay 20 bucks, 30, 50 bucks a year, whatever, and unlimited distribution. And they'll distribute a bunch of songs. And the songs, all they really have to be at the current state is over 30 seconds long and they get paid. So maybe they distribute like tens of thousands of 35 second songs. And then what they'll do is uh, sometimes they'll insert these songs into uh, playlists that they own and run. And then sometimes they'll send bots to those playlists to just listen and stream all the songs. And, uh, you know, the bots come from, you know, they get the ad revenue and sometimes. But what else they're doing, which is like a bigger problem, is they're actually hacking into users' accounts. And you might not even realize this happened to you, but you might have been hacked. Um, and they will then use your real premium Spotify account to listen to, you know, listen to, uh, stream rather, their songs that they're earning on. Um, and maybe a few times, maybe a hundred times or something. So it's not detected by you. Uh, it's not really flagged by Spotify because it just looks like normal listening activity. So this is some, This is one of the scams. This is one of the, the streaming, the fraudulent uh, kind of activity that's happening by these hackers, uh, by these fraudsters, whatever you want to call them. But, but there's so many other, there's so much other fraud, so many other uh, ways that these kind of uh, bad actors, as Spotify calls them, uh, are manipulating this payment model in the system so they get a percentage of the total revenue, the total streams, so then they get a percentage of the total revenue and they get paid. So everyone's trying to combat this. You know, that is, this is the big point of conversation in the music industry. All the labels uh, are trying to combat this because here's the thing. When you work in this pro rata model, when there are uh, fraudsters, scammers, or even indie artists that don't get a lot of streams, but it all adds up. So on one hand, you might, now we also have, let's put the fraudsters aside. We have, um, we have millions of artists or people, whatever you want to call them, professional artists, emerging artists, um, hobbyists, that have people that have released music and uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, actually millions um, is what they say. I, I have the number somewhere of these tracks get very few number of streams. Um, actually, what they said here is um, tens of millions of them. This is what Spotify saying, and I'm going to read this in a little bit. Tens of millions of these tracks have been streamed less than a thousand times over the last year. Tens of millions. But all those few streams are getting paid. And so uh, the labels are like, well, why is our money going to, you know, the, the percentage is taken away our, the money that could be going to labels and artists and going to all of these few little trickles of streams here and there. Some of them are going to fraudsters. Some of them are going to indie artists. Some of them are going to hobbyists. That's how the system works. Now, um, everyone in the industry has been trying to figure out a better system. Um, SoundCloud has, has moved to the user-generated model, which I support. And I wish everyone would move to the user-generated model. And that is basically just uh, the fans and the subscribers, their money, if they pay 
$10 to a streaming service and they only listen to five artists, then those five artists get all of their subscription money, less the platform's commission. So whether they stream them 10 times, 100 times, one time, it doesn't matter because all of that money goes to the artists they actually listen to. I think that's the most fair. You know, uh, people will say that, well, you know, that doesn't combat all fraud. You're right. Nothing combats all fraud. <laughs> that's just the way that streaming works. So I, we should we should work from a, a point of what is most fair. So anyway, that is to catch you up to speed of uh, so you'll you'll kind of understand this. Um, I think those are all the references that I made, but I would encourage you to read my previous piece um, on on Ari's take and what I wrote about uh, when when UMG Universal Music Group announced their uh, new um, agreement with Deezer and what Deezer's new payment model looks like. Um, you know, people are calling their model reverse Robinhood. Um, and this this new Spotify model can be something similar, but I don't really take it that way. Uh, I have a, a little different take on it. So without further ado. Real quick, I want to let you know about Two Lost. Two Lost is a new distribution company to the space. And let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I, I got a full deep dive demo with the founder and yeah, they're very innovative. And when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is, you better be innovative and they are. Yes, they will get your music out to Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, plus 450 other outlets around the world. They do not take a commission. This is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them. They've already distributed 7 million songs. They offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with BMG, so you know it's legit. A lot of distributors have have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less-than-legit pub admin services. Well, 2Loss is partnered with BMG. You know it's legit. They offer Instant royalty advances. Uh, this is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real-time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora, Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, they also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used, and it will just show you a chart of Everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register you with SoundExchange, and they have a fraud prevention tool, and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue, uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. Check out 2Lost. You can just go to 2Lost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. (laughs) 
my piece on Variety published December 11th, 2023, titled Why Spotify's New Payment Model Falls Short for Emerging Artists by Ari Herstand. After much speculation on what Spotify's updated payment model would actually look like, the streaming giant finally released a comprehensive breakdown in a blog post late last month. Although the post was titled, Modernizing Our Royalty System to Drive an Additional $1 Billion Toward Emerging and Professional Artists, emerging artists have been completely left out of the discussion. And this change not only does very little to support emerging artists, it ignores the real issues hurting these artists at the core of Spotify's platform. Let me explain. First, what Spotify announced is a slight shift in the royalty calculations for the tracks on its platform. Note I didn't say songs. More on this in a minute. Basically, for a track to start earning royalties, it now must get at least 1,000 streams over the course of a year. Why this change? Spotify claims this will reduce streaming fraud and divert revenue away from bad actors to emerging and professional artists. Also part of this announcement, noise tracks like rain sounds, white noise, etc. must now be at least two minutes long to earn royalty instead of the current threshold of 30 seconds. And Spotify says it's going to value noise streams at a fraction of the value of music streams in the coming months. Why not just demonetize noise tracks altogether? People will still upload these for personal enjoyment like they've been doing on YouTube for 15 years. These tracks should not contribute to the music streaming ecosystem whatsoever. Spotify explains this payment shift further. Quote, Today, Spotify hosts well over 100 million tracks. Tens of millions of them have been streamed between one and a thousand times over the past year, and on average, those tracks generated three cents per month. Because labels and distributors require a minimum amount to withdraw, usually two to $50 per withdrawal, and banks charge a fee for the transaction, usually one to $20 per withdrawal, this money often doesn't reach the uploaders. And these small payments are often forgotten about. But in aggregate, these small disregarded payments have added up to to $40 million per year, which could instead increase the payments to artists who are most dependent on streaming revenue. Spotify's stated reason for doing this is to combat artificial streaming that bad actors continue to attempt to steal money from the royalty pool that should be delivered to honest, hardworking artists and also to get more money into the royalty pool by taking from the songs where it wouldn't make a material difference to the artist. What's a few dollars here and there? I get that. In my interview on the New Music Business podcast with the founders of BeatDap, a company which focuses on identifying streaming fraud, they highlighted all of the inventive ways fraudsters are able to steal from the royalty pool. One of these ways is by uploading thousands of songs, then hacking into real user Spotify accounts and streaming each of those songs just a few times on each account to fly under the radar. Most users don't realize they were hacked or that this fraud was committed on their account because it's just a few streams of songs they don't recognize. But for the fraudsters, it can add up. Spotify is claiming that not only will this new payment threshold not really hurt the hardworking artists that fall below the threshold, but will also reduce this type of fraud in the process. Well, an artist with 
20 songs at just under 1,000 streams each previously would earn around $60. Now that artist would earn $0. $60 is not life-changing, but it's also not nothing. And it meets the minimum payment threshold of virtually every distributor. What has been lost in all of the commentary around this topic over the past few weeks is that most artists don't just release one song. The payment thresholds for distributors are for all the songs the are in the artist uh, or for all the songs the artist distributed. Let's not pretend this change is helping or affecting emerging artists. The only entities that will see a meaningful difference from this policy are superstar artists, labels, and commission-based distributors. Major labels currently control about 65% of all global streaming revenue. If $40 million, $40 million annually is now diverted away from the tracks that don't meet the 1,000 stream threshold to the tracks that do, using Spotify's math, it's safe to assume that the major labels look to gain $26 million more per year. That's significant. And even the commission-based indie distributors will see a noticeable uptake to their balance sheets, which is most likely why they are in favor of this policy. Kristen Granziani, president of STEM, who initially explained this new payment model, cautioned some critics will make arguments purely out of self-interest. Hmm. <laughs> Let's be clear. No individual artist is actually going to notice much of a difference. What? So now we make about 0.0031 per stream on average versus 0.003? Sweet. Spotify also says it will start charging distributors when streaming fraud is detected as a deterrent. Does Spotify not realize that the distributors will simply pass down these fees to the artists who may have been scammed themselves? I take great offense when Spotify calls these artists bad actors, in part because I am an artist who hired a marketing agency back in 2017 that used tactics, unbeknownst to me, that got my album flagged for fraud and removed from Spotify. This continues to happen all the time to hard-working artists who are just trying to figure out how to play the game and don't know any better. When stream counts and monthly listeners are incentivized and prioritized over actual fan engagement, you're training artists to do whatever they can to increase these metrics, even if it means imploring tactics that Spotify deems inappropriate. Instead of penalizing artists, change your model. Spotify has approached this all wrong. Spotify's stream share pro rata payment model is what's broken where each stream earns its share of the total royalty pool based on the number of streams it got against all the other streams on the platform. And sure, a user-generated payment model where every artist's payment comes directly from the users that actually listen to them wouldn't solve 100% of streaming fraud. It is a lot more fair and would make a noticeable difference for emerging artists' bottom line, as per an extensive study done by Media Research. We wouldn't be counting streams, but rather fandom. If just 100 fans solely listened to five artists this month and spent $10 on their subscription, those five artists would earn around $140 each, even if that fan only streamed each artist a few times. It's not about stream share, but fan share. That makes all the difference. 
Now, if Spotify really wants to support emerging artists, there are far more impactful things it can do. One, remove all public-facing numbers to improve artists' mental health. There is a mental health crisis in the music industry, and artists are suffering tremendously. You want to know one reason why musicians' mental health suffers? Comparing their numbers to other artists' numbers. Feeling inadequate. Worthless. In the recent lawsuit filed against Meta from attorneys general from 42 U.S. states, it highlighted a test program Meta ran in which it hid the like counts on Instagram for some users. The study revealed that this experiment reduced the user's experience of negative emotions. If public-facing numbers were removed altogether from Spotify, monthly listeners, stream counts, follower counts, I believe musicians' mental health would improve. Artists are valuing their self-worth based not on the impact their music is having with individuals, but rather on these numbers, which have become a toxic currency in the music industry. Two, allow artists to choose their fans also like. Want to know what drives emerging artists crazy? When their fans also like, either is not reflective of their music or showcases artists who don't reflect appealingly on them. When Spotify recently changed its fans also like algorithm, artists were in uproar. Many artists with tens of thousands of monthly listeners saw artists with hundreds of, hundreds of listeners now amongst their fans also like. Like stream and monthly listener numbers, this is a point of immense frustration. Bands in Town allows artists to simply choose their similar artists. There is absolutely no reason Spotify should not allow artists to choose this if they'd like. For the artists that are happy with their listed fans also like, fine, great, no action required. For the artists that want this changed, allow it. Three, display credits. The most requested feature from artists is to display credits. Title displays credits. Amazon Music displays credits, Pandora displays credits. Why doesn't Spotify? Not just producer and songwriter, all credits. Every single person who contributed to the track should be listed. This is just basic respect for these individuals. Give the mixing engineer and trumpet player some love. Four, create an appeals process for flagged songs. I've heard countless stories from artists about their distributors withholding payment and blocking artists' access to their platform because of supposed fraudulent streaming detected. These artists swear they didn't do anything wrong, but have no recourse. Distributors usually take these actions when a DSP flags the songs to the distributor. There needs to be, there needs to be an appeals process, which gives the artist, distributors, labels, and Spotify time to investigate what actually happened. And what about the bad actors who are issuing false copyright infringement notices for rival artists' songs just to mess them up? Currently, Spotify and YouTube and Instagram will immediately take the song down and require the parties to work it out amongst themselves. This can kill viral momentum and cost artists thousands in marketing costs. Spotify needs a new policy for addressing this where it keeps the songs up during the investigation. Five, prioritize artist fan engagement instead of streaming numbers. After over 12 years of streaming in the U.S., it's true. 
we need a completely new model. This new payment structure perpetuates all of the problems of streaming, not least of which prioritizes streaming growth over fan growth, meaningless stream counts over real fan engagement, numbers over humans. Want to truly help artists shift the platform and payment structure away from streaming and towards fandom? Pay based on fandom, reward based on fandom, incentivize humanity, not numbers. Today's episode was edited by Mikey Evans with music by Brassroots District and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.